0: Hey guys welcome back to the well said podcast my name is andre and we are back to talk about what it means to follow jesus in an anxious post-christian culture i'm here with my <clears throat> i'm here with, i almost got through the introduction without that was great stuttering or that's great almost done i am here with my wonderful wife leah how's it going babe
1: good is that your second cup of coffee or your first no it's
0: my coffee? first i'm kind of religious about one cup only are you mm-hmm Never really have more than one cup unless it's an afternoon like latte or something. Occasionally, very rarely.
1: Hmm. We got. We had our first pumpkin spice latte of the season, which is which we, is earlier than we usually do it. No,
0: it's September. It's all good.
1: No, but we don't do it this early in September. I
0: don't. I don't. You're you're talking about it like a like an event on the calendar. It is
1: an event. We're super serious about not doing it too early because it's important and i generally don't even like pumpkin spice lattes but we were in the area of adagios and we they have the best pumpkin spice latte in case anyone is wondering because they use real pumpkin puree
0: yeah and they're that's just like nobody amazing ever does in general that. every other oh, coffee is amazing
1: yeah there's just the vibe in there is so like italian feeling like yeah the music and just
0: it's yeah great and we drank like probably what like we got way too of it. big of
1: a cup <laughs> because we were a little bit overly ambitious about fall vibes. But. but
0: it's it's about the event. We've inaugurated the fall season. Yeah, it's important. We're embracing it 100%. Last time we, we had an episode, did we, were we still in the summer train? We were talking about adulting. Was that before our trip to Vancouver or after?
1: I don't remember.
0: Huh. Okay, well, we're back. And fall is here. And another reason why I feel like fall is here is because... Gracie has started school, and that yes. has been a big shift for our whole family, right?
1: Yeah, it's so exciting. And I'm kind of really liking this whole structure, you know, up at 7. And, do you feel
0: better or do you feel more tired so far?
1: Um, I don't know. It's only been, what, four days? It's hard to say. I just really like the structure of yeah. 7 a.m., get everyone up. You kind of ha- have a timeline of, you know, get everyone fed and dressed, and then you're you got kind of on the go already, so.
0: I definitely, like, feel a difference in my, like, 7 a.m. is my optimal time to start the day. 6.30, 7 o'clock. It's like I feel way more alert and energetic. So, I, I, I've been looking forward. Secretly, I haven't told you, but I've been looking forward to the beginning of school because it's going to force us into a structured schedule, which is going to help me get more things done.
1: That's awesome.
0: So, but yeah, the fog, the children with backpacks, going into the classes, the, the this morning we were driving, it's just like crunchy yellow leaves everywhere. It's like, yes, welcome fall.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: So, um, there was something else I was gonna say, but I forgot.
1: What's the topic for today?
0: Today, we are circling back to talk about relationships a little bit more. So whether you're dating or whether you're married, Maybe this will be helpful. If you're single, this will be helpful too because you need to get married. Mm. No, I mean, I guess some of us are called to the gift of singleness, but do we even know what that means? It's a mysterious category in the Bible. Means. I think the gift of singleness is like when you're single, it's a it's gift. It's a gift. Yeah. Even if you don't it want does. it. I guess there's some <laughs> Even people. if you don't want
1: the gift, it's it's your gift. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The be point thankful. being that talking about relationships is very helpful to all of us, whether you're single Dating or married. Uh, A couple of months ago, we talked about like women's roles and feminism and biblical complementarianism. So if you want to check that episode, if you haven't, um, we give you kind of a basic sketch of what complementarianism is versus egalitarianism. Um, But the basic idea being that as Bible-believing Christians, we believe that Scripture gives us a clear... Distinction between the, the God-given role of men and the God-given role of women in um, in marriage, in the church, in the world, right? Yeah. So we kind of focused more on ladies last mm-hmm. time in terms of like, what does it mean? You know, and I think there we even just barely scratched the surface. But today I think it'd be important to talk about like, what, is, what does biblical leadership look like? Mm-hmm. Um, male headship as 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 uh, offensive as that sounds in today's culture mm-hmm. um what is a healthy strong masculine leadership look and feel like in relationships um how does it play itself out yeah so the title hopefully is provocative today the title <laughs> as you may have seen is it's always the guy's fault
1: <laughs> you know is <laughs> okay aside from what we're actually gonna say culturally that's like a thing where it's like the guys just need to apologize for everything and then they'll be fine yeah it's like always it's never the girl who apologizes it's like all the memes in the culture that's what that's what they say
0: which is funny because it's actually kind of biblical it's the one time our culture is actually correct
1: yeah i mean eh, not in the way they're saying but it's, it's this thing where it's you know if you're in a fight just you just have to end up apologizing. Or if your wife has a bad dream about you doing something bad, you have to apologize. (laughs) Even if it was in her dream and her brain thought of the thoughts in her dream.
0: Do you make me apologize for bad dreams? No,
1: but you do apologize anyway when I have a sad dream.
0: (laughs) Oh, Yeah, I wonder if other couples have these kind of dreams where it's like the same recurring dream that you didn't want to marry me or I didn't want to marry you or something like that so our culture uh has this i think here's the thing about like masculinity in our culture you know obviously progressive you know culture is um it's almost like totally anti-masculine um and that's destructive but also we do have a history of very bad uh, male leadership examples: lots of abuse, lots of corrupt power, lots of corrupt politicians and leaders. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, business leaders. So you know, male corrupt male leadership is a reality of a broken world, right? But that doesn't mean that men are not called to lead. Obviously. Um. So I think just starting off, I I think it's important to note that even though of course we believe that marriage and relationships are a a partnership or co-working together right God has assigned the responsibility differences mm-hmm. um, and for men that responsibility includes um, the job of, of the task of leadership the task of protection provision uh, sacrifice and guidance and when it comes to marriage, especially, um, the man is going to answer to God in a way that is not going to be asked of the woman. Yeah. Right. Um. At just looking at the creation order, when Paul cites, I think it's in Timothy where Paul says that women are not supposed to preach, and then he says because Adam was created first and then Eve, mm-hmm. um, he's he's it's interesting that because he's making an argument connected not just to ecclesiology, not just to church life. He's making a creation order argument. He's making an argument saying creation was structured this way, that God created Adam, and then he created Eve, and he gave Adam the task of explaining and guiding.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting to those who are um, reading the Bible reading challenge. We just recently read through the beginning of Genesis, and something that always just, like, stands out to me is how when they're at the tree and the serpent's deceiving Eve, it says, and she took and she ate and she gave to her husband who was with her.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Like, in all the Bible stories, Adam is nowhere to be found until right. somehow he appears. It's like he comes but running with and saying, Eve, what have you done? But he's with her when she eats and she gives it to him and he eats. And, you know, so... Um, Eve ate it first, and she sinned first. But God says, Adam, you know what have you done? So it's on him. And I think from the very beginning, um, there's this there's this emphasis on the man and the fact that it's on him. And Eve obviously still sinned, and there's there's consequences for her sin. And God still told told her how she will mm-hmm. live in in trouble um for what she did, but it's still on Adam, and I think that was always God's design. Yeah. That it's, it's always the guy's fault.
0: <laughs> it's always the guy's fault. Well see here's the thing. They it was both of their fault. Both of them clearly bear guilt Yes. for their sin. Both of them individually are sinners in that moment. Yeah. But they are sinners in different ways. Adam is a sinner in a couple of different ways. One of Adam's sins was failure to protect, provide, and sacrifice himself for Eve.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that was not a sin that was ascribed to Eve. So mm-hmm. Eve does not is not guilty of failing to protect her husband from the serpent. Mm-hmm. She's not guilty of that sin mm-hmm. because that is not one of her jobs. So this responsibility is given to the man as part of his job description to watch and cultivate the garden and provide and protect for his wife. Um, So she's just as important. She's just as um, guilty of her own faults. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like he's just at fault, but God asks Adam how he was tending the garden and his family within the garden. And so I think there's a similar, huge similar parallel, obviously clear principle here about how, what goes on in our relationships and, In our families, Mm -hmm. Um, it is an outflow of the leadership of the man. Um, It is an outflow of how much he is taking charge of his God given task to lead, protect, provide. Yeah. So when we say it's always the guy's fault, you know, we don't mean that the sins of the wife are on him. Right. But we do mean that failure to cultivate the life of the home. Uh, the, the truth that shapes the home, the convictions, the principles, the goals, right, mm-hmm. results in sins, habits, and difficulties in the family that ultimately falls on the man. Yeah. So the wife is still obviously at fault for her own sins, yeah. right? But but there's a special responsibility on men.
1: I think that um, just having like young adults and young adults group and we kind of are more in the young adults ministry – um, when couples are getting together and, you know, getting engaged and preparing to be married, this is something we're trying to emphasize. And I think it's so important that um, I I know that this could be misunderstood. And like, again, I want to make How, sure yeah. we're not saying that um, the wife can just live in sin and let sin fester in her heart and have her you know, bad habits, bad attitudes continue and blame the husband. That's not what we're saying. But um ultimately if like the state of your marriage is on the husband, the state of your wife's um just the state of the home and if mm-hmm. there's like if the wife is just having major issues, um, like God will ask of you, husband, how you have dealt with that, how you have spiritually helped her, led her through that, um, convicted her of her, of her sin, mm-hmm. how you have loved her through her struggles and helped her out of them. And I think um, because marriage is so hard and because it's such a high calling to lead your family, um, there's, there's things that wives struggle with that the husbands just like throw up their hands and say, well, this is just how she is and I'm not going to go there with her. She's or just getting. an
0: emotional woman or something or just like
1: specific opinions like i'm not like she believes that and she's so stubborn and i'm just not gonna even try anymore with her and it's like no but it's your job to cultivate her opinions it's your job god will ask of you if like she has an opinion that she just will not and of course on the wife you can't be that kind of person that's sinful from your side and there's things to be said about that but the the condition of the marriage cannot be blamed ultimately on the wife
0: well or here's the thing it is not an option for men for leaders of households it's not an option for them to just throw up their hands after trying at some conflict in the relationship to just throw up their hands and be like oh that's how she is yeah so like it's his it's his job it's like this is your garden like she is part of that garden like to cultivate her and to bring her to success and to help her grow through these things and um god has created i think uh male female complementarity in such a way that when men are um leading properly and in a healthy way it causes the flourishing growth success of the wife in many ways Right? Right. Um, Her change is shaped through his strong presence. But when his strong presence is not there, a presence that takes responsibility for everything that goes on in the house. This is your home. Um, He bears that responsibility. When, When that's not there, it's like the garden that has no gardener. You know, it just, the weeds keep growing.
1: And choking out everything. Yeah. Right,
0: right. The wife's job, of course, is to encourage, equip the family, encourage the husband. Uh, support his leadership lead with him um, you know to do all that stuff but before God there will be a special way that men bear that responsibility so yeah I, we have to guard against well that she can just do whatever she wants and I think that in the vast majority of situations when men are leading and growing and loving and sacrificing and living that biblical model um it it inevitably causes the transformation of the wife.
1: Okay, but when you say like strong leadership, what does it not mean?
0: Yeah, so we'll get, I think that's the next question is like, what does this look like, this leadership?
1: Yeah, because this this is so like, it could be so easily misunderstood and it can leave, lead wives who are already harboring bitterness of their husbands for certain things. It could lead them to just have this critical spirit of their husbands and just blame them for everything because that's a very common right thing women tend to do. So this is not an excuse to do that or continue right. in that.
0: Right. There's a stereotype in our culture of the man who's dumb and uninvolved and, you know, just pile him with criticism. Yeah. Um, so I think a biblical model of leadership, you look at Christ as the ultimate example because Christ in the church is what marriage is built from, right? And so it includes a delicate, a, a, a important balance of um sacrifice and giving it's a servant leadership so it's a servant king Mm -hmm. um you it's and it includes two sides that kind of balance it out you are a servant you give yourself up you give up your life you give up your comfort you give up your um preferences for the good of the others that does not mean that you're a doormat it doesn't mean that you're just like, well, whatever the wife says. No, no, yeah. no. It means that you are thinking inside of the, of the good of the wife and of the children and of the household. It means that sometimes you're running ahead a little bit, 10 steps ahead and seeing their good uh, in ways that they still don't fully see. You know, that's mm-hmm. the job of leadership. But it is servant. It's laying down its life. It is not demanding respect. It is not demanding Uh, to be served it is giving serving laying down Mm
1: -hmm. and yet
0: on the other side it is firm it is strong meaning it is rooted in conviction it is rooted in biblical conviction so the husband operates what is his game plan It is not coming out of, well, what does my family want? What does my wife demand of me and how can I make it happen? No, his game plan is arising out of convictions rooted in scripture. He looks at what what does God's word say about life, the family, parenting, priorities, money, and he feels a deeper weight to be rooted in these things and to operate the game plan of the family, of the relationship, out of those convictions and bringing them in a servant mentality laying down his life and comfort but infusing that truth into the life you know yeah
1: yeah i think there's a specific way that that can be like practically what it looks like and it can sound a, a certain way like it can sound like this strong um leader who is you know pulling his family along in a direction but um when it comes to like like hitting the pavement of marriage
0: uh-huh. um
1: it's a lot it can be a lot more complicated because each wife is different and uh-huh. you have to you have to be like very skilled and knowing your wife and knowing her tendencies and weaknesses and like leading her gently and like cultivating the soil of her heart uh-huh. to to produce fruit rather than forcing. Right. And, and like um, like coming down on her with all these rules and like this is where our family needs to be, this is where we need to be spiritually, just like expectations, and it, that can be very difficult. Well,
0: that's demanding. That's yeah. not servant. Right. Well, and I think the Apostle Peter has the perfect words. He says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, understand, uh, knowing that the woman is the more kind of delicate vessel yeah weaker weaker vessel vessel. so that the point of that is not to just bash on women and say they're weak the point is that uh, your approach your manner um is that of one who is I, i i i'm pretty sure yes there it is first peter 3 7 likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessels since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Like that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. He says, live with your your wives in an understanding way. So uh, strong servant leadership understands the wife. Um, He he doesn't just get overwhelmed by her. A lot of guys, you know, we're just simple one track mind and we don't want to do the hard work of understanding the, the mind of the wife and all yeah. of its complexity the emotions
1: yeah and that's not a big ba- it's not a simple word understand your wife because that no, takes a it's lot, a lot of, of work um time uh listening uh drawing her out mm-hmm. letting her um express herself and really know her heart that's a lot of work right and the bible says live with her in an understanding way it would, you know that's a big that that word has a lot of heaviness to it yeah how it has a lot of weight and i think that our basic need the Bible says like any female no matter what her personality is the Bible says it like it is our basic fundamental need is to feel loved and understood and I think that's that's not easy yeah it's it takes that servant mind mindfulness servant mindedness yes.
0: yeah 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 <laughs> so, men but- men crave to be respected women crave to be understood and loved. But the, the tendency is we tend to demand these things from each other. Yeah. And that never works.
1: Right. Somebody so, has to yield for the cycle to, to be a healthy um, cycle of marriage where the wife loves and respects. Yeah. And the husband understands and loves her. That somebody has to be the servant in that. Someone has to initiate that process for it to go smoothly. And I think probably all of us have experienced in early marriage it you just it's this shock like oh my goodness my sin is so hard to deal with and it's like now i have to love this person Mm -hmm. and i think that it's on the husband in that initial process to really quickly figure out that um they're the ones who god will ask of did you yield did you cultivate um
0: did you invest that energy to really get inside her heart and mind and to understand it that that shows that servant leadership is leadership from the inside so You have to know, you have to invest the energy to understand and know her, sometimes better than she knows herself. And that takes a lot of work and sacrifice. And it also means that you win that leadership, that deep respect, you win it from the inside. You don't force her to respect you. You prove your love deeply to her and you Mm -hmm. convince her that you understand her through your actions, through your compassion, through your patience, through your instruction. Uh, through your just presence support emotional yeah, and support not,
1: not through you know kind of cutting her off and saying yes so i know i know what you're what you're going i right. understand and I, i'll tell you how i understand you so let me tell you <laughs> rather than letting her explain and like right. feel like making her feel heard i think there's like i'm the leader so i already know your problems i already can tell you yeah i think that's not helpful. Well, that's,
0: so that's connecting. He says, understanding way, showing honor. In that phrase, he says, showing honor. That is, that is a very important word, right? Because guys can be like, oh, I understand her better than she understands herself. She's just so emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, That's dishonor. Like, that's just like looking down on her and saying that she needs help and she's just uh, dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Peter is saying Mm -hmm. that The husband's attitude is honor it is upholding her as a beautiful um precious individual to him you Mm -hmm. know and that he is studying her and understanding her Mm -hmm. you know so i think um a lot of husbands uh we get we get overwhelmed you know with trying to understand and and navigate our wives emotions sometimes Mm -hmm. or maybe in arguments or whatever not even the wife herself is the problem but he gets overwhelmed when he feels like uh, he's not being respected and he's not being effective. He tries to communicate his conviction on something mm-hmm. and she doesn't agree. Yeah. And he's just like, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: And come down from a, like this dominating, yeah. dishonor, you know, yeah. dishonoring uh, and not loving and mm-hmm. guiding. Mm-hmm. Real leadership. So we, we fundamentally as guys, we get insecure. Mm-hmm. You know we get insecure and then we get start to get defensive and that's downhill from there real leadership is from the inside real leadership means um i know what i believe i've done my homework that's hard work already yeah. i'm building conviction i'm not afraid to be wrong because if my wife shows me that i'm incorrect somewhere um i'm just growing through that process so i'm always yeah. obviously not perfect in our conversations and disagreements sometimes those disagreements are very healthy and good and you're just giving me perspective on something that i was like blank on Mm -hmm. you know um and so when as a as a man you are rooted in scripture and in identity of christ and that you don't get flustered with oh i need to be respected Mm -hmm. and you don't get flustered with well she doesn't hear what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. because oftentimes maybe you don't even know what you're trying to say uh, maybe you haven't thought through it very much. Yeah. You know, as guys, we are doers. Mm-hmm. And we lack sometimes to think carefully and deeply through the things of life. And so when you do that, and when you do that over time, you start winning her respect. Because she starts to see that you are not out to just marginalize her or advance your own agenda. You are out to live out the truth. And you're not even afraid to be corrected, like oh, if I if I had a misconception, cool, thank you, you've you've clarified that. You know, it's easy to say that, but like in real conversations, we it's hard. We get defensive. We get edgy. We you get you know, sp- pokey and and uh, conflict erupts.
1: Yeah, and I think these concepts um, are hard to like not necessarily believe, but um, until you like live through the reality of like the Bible says this, but then you see it play out in real life, and you're like, okay, wow, this is definitely true of. You know the way we live, and I think in our marriage, early on, I think a huge, huge way that I was able to, like when you really had that servant mindset of, you know, when when it was harder, like we disagreed or whatever, um, you definitely took on this approach with just kind of not not to say proving to me but just like gentleness and understanding and trying to figure out what I mean and not getting all puffed up and like and just the way you lay down your life and were there and committed and not just like had your agenda like this is what I I need you to become right now because this is where I'm leading our family there was a lot of this cultivating of me and even like in early marriage like I'm sure I was disrespectful and i wasn't correct and i was very um frustrating to you probably but because you like early on you proved to me or you really convinced me of your love and your Mm -hmm. your committedness to me and your just like your kindness that just that stuff can't be undone like i can't it's so hard for me to like in my heart like disrespect you. yeah because that, that, that respect that's a is like concrete.
0: Fruit. It's poured over time. That
1: yeah, it's a fruit of of the work you've put in, and yeah. then like, cause I'm, you know, like everyone's different, but I'm definitely a person who like, like I have my own opinions, and I can that can t- definitely you can get be stubborn. Sometimes I can I can be super stubborn. I can be very outspoken with you, and I think because you've really like cultivated my heart and really shaped me and like showed me that you're here to understand and love me it's just so natural for me to like respect you and want to follow you because you've like like won me over with that leadership yeah and i think that it's like it's a harder path to take especially as a young husband it's a harder thing to
0: well and here's the thing it's hard when i think we're very uncomfortable especially as guys we are uncomfortable with not having like clarity on stuff like Um, we're uncomfortable with, like, saying, I'm not quite sure what the right thing is here.
1: Yeah.
0: So so we try to mask it with, like, defenses. But, like, the first step to developing conviction is to admitting your ignorance. You know, like, so, you know, as a a man who's never been married, obviously, I I need to understand you, first of all. And that means a lot of listening. Like, listening, asking questions, just taking you in. Taking, you know, in counseling, it's called data gathering. (laughs) Sounds so... Uh, clinical. Yeah. But like, um, you have to understand, you have to understand the people you lead. This applies to marriage, that applies to leadership everywhere. You have to take time and gather data. You cannot just jump in and say, I'm the husband leader. This is what we're going to do. It's like, no, you have to understand what is going on. Whatever it's a conflict or if it's a situation, life question you're dealing with, whatever, like listening, taking in, and also at the same time, then asking questions. Okay. What's going on? And then B, uh, how does this relate to, what is the truth applicable here? And how is the truth applicable in this situation?
1: Because I think a lot of times new wives don't necessarily know or understand themselves. Well, and And neither do husbands, right? And things can come across in a very, like, strong way. Or, like, if you're disagreeing about something, the wife can be, like, really strong in her opinion and, like, really, like, maybe emotionally worked up about it. And that can come across as disrespectful to the husband.
0: It it could be disrespectful. And it could be,
1: literally, it could be disrespectful, but she doesn't quite understand herself and she doesn't, she just wants to be heard. But the tendency is the husband, it gets insulted by the disrespect that's coming across. And that's mm-hmm. all he sees rather than like, defensive. okay, she's disrespectful, but I just need to swallow that pill right now because for her to learn to be respectful, I need to like cultivate that in her by loving her and serving her and like leading her heart to a place where she understands what respect even looks like and like yeah. what it means. And like, it, um, it's never just like naturally going to spring out of her, I think.
0: Of course. Yeah, I think so. Like our, our tendency as guys is to just spring in with artificial uh, conviction, artificial conviction of like, oh, I, I'm the leader. This is what we're going to do. It's like, wait, have you actually done the homework of listening, understanding, asking questions, rooting yourself in the Bible process, like process what's going on? So yeah. then after you have clarity, you have to lead. You have to respond, even in the moments of like, you know, if you've said something disrespectful to me and you're mm-hmm. being emotional, whatever, mm-hmm. like it is part of my conviction to be like, okay, babe, like we have to understand this problem that we're talking about, but also like the way you're talking to me right now is really disrespectful. It doesn't, it it's like you know offensive and hurtful, and you know that's not that's not going to work for right. us. Like if I would be talking to you right now like that, mm-hmm. you it's not getting us anywhere. It's yeah. just producing more sin. Right you know but I think the second thing is like so you develop conviction you listen, you understand mm-hmm. but then you have to lead and apply by laying down your life.
1: yeah and
0: I think that's even harder because um, we we're talking about this a group you know last week where in any relationship where there's conflict, the only way that the conflict stops going back and forth is when one party chooses to absorb the guilt or mm-hmm. the, the payment. Um, not the guilt the payment for the wrong committed,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: so like our relationship with God he, Jesus died for our sin and he destroyed the animosity mm-hmm. But but that still applies to human relationships just because Jesus died for your sin does not mean that all of your personal Conflicts have gone away. Yeah, Jesus now serves as a model for how you absorb conflict mm-hmm. And so especially for guys. This is I think this is a principle for everybody Obviously, we all need to learn like Jesus to absorb the pain of our conflicts and mm-hmm. to forgive rather than to retaliate right but a special slice of this comes to husbands as responsible leaders who lay down their wa- lives for their wives and what mm-hmm. that means in practice is in the middle of heated discussions arguments difficulties even when you are sinned against um, and you even are when angry, you are right even if you're right yeah you have to absorb the wrath you have to drink the poison the wrath. You have to <laughs> hug the cactus. Yeah. You have to choose to to let that frustration and anger be absorbed into your own heart, rather than to retaliate. Yeah. So, and and you have to speak truth and love back. You know. So like ev- any any conflict, it's just going to keep bouncing back and forth. Right. Fire, yep. lightning bolts, back and forth, until one of the parties chooses uh, to absorb the pain instead of throw it back yeah and as men who are called to lay down their lives this is one of the essential ways it's not you you know building the fence or you taking a bullet for your wife I mean obviously take a bullet for your wife but that doesn't happen very often
1: yeah
0: what's more likely to happen is a daily the bullet of anger and frustration take that bullet and learn to bleed and to say I I need to do this because Jesus is my king. He's my example. He has bled for me. He absorbs all my sins every day. He forgives and cleanses me. And I need to learn to just let it go.
1: Right. Because even when the husband is right, which happens quite a bit where he's right and he's just kind of arguing with the wife who may be wrong, um, there's this back and forth. And I think that it doesn't mean that you let your wife get away with sin or continue disrespecting right, you. Right, right, right. That's not that's not what we're saying. But if er, very early on you you recognize that when things are heated and you, you're disagreeing and you're going back and forth, um, when your motive is to prove yourself right every time in every conflict, that's not a servant mindset. Um, I think that doesn't. It's not productive in a marriage.
0: Well, you have to just acknowledge that in as sinners. When we have arguments, we are just going to be shooting back pain to each other because we want to inflict pain in response to being hurt. Yeah. You know? And as a sinner, you have to understand that and you have to learn to cut into that cycle and break it and be like, right now I'm upset and that's wrong and I don't need to be upset. That's a sin. And all I'm doing is throwing it back at her and creating more sin and more anger. I need to let it go. And I need to forgive her even before she's asked for forgiveness. Yeah,
1: and love her in the moment. I think that's a key to unlocking the female like need. We need to feel loved. So, in a lot of like painful disagreement or conflict, at the heart of the conflict is the desire to feel loved, even when you know the disagreement is happening. Right. And so, um, I think the earlier that happens, where even when the a lot of the times I think we women know we're wrong when we're arguing. We know that what we're doing is incorrect, the way we're speaking is incorrect, but we're so emotionally charged that the best way to disarm us is to love, gentle love and just like I know that you're frustrated right now. I can see that and not trying to win the argument every time mm-hmm. as the husband, but but bring love in. Yeah. And I think that
0: and, and every that, every wife that
1: disarms the wife's heated emotion yeah. that yeah. disarms her and makes her realize, okay, he he's here to love me. He's not here to come down on me with his information and bring his own agenda. And that is praiseworthy. That is worthy of me to follow. That is worthy of me to respect him. That's so respectable. And I think that's easy. That's a natural response when the wife just feels like at the end of the day, he's not here to just prove himself to me. He's here to love me. And I must respect him. I must hold him up, hold up his leadership and follow him.
0: And that will mean for every wife, different things, whatever she feels loved, you know, like in our situation, lots of times, if it's a difficult, heated, whatever, emotional moment for both of us, we're both wrong. But like, sometimes it cutting even past the argument itself and just giving you a hug and saying, I'm sorry, I got upset. I love you. Like, um, even though inside i might be burning with frustration acting out the love before i even feel the love in that moment is what it means to fall down yeah it
1: diffuses it diffuses the the heated emotion and it creates a space for true understanding of one another and i think that's so important
0: Yeah, and you're acting on faith. You're not doing this because it's a psychological technique. You're doing it because you're following in the footsteps of Jesus, and you're inviting the Holy Spirit to work in that moment. And that's why it's spiritual too. You love in a moment when you are expected to be retaliating, and you show love, you hug, you express that love, and you apologize. Even though I might have been right in the situation— I, if I have gotten at least a little bit angry at you in my heart, I've mm-hmm. already sinned against you. So I can apologize for that. You know, that's kind of what I realized too in the past. In the, some guys are like, I'm not going to ever apologize unless I was really wrong. It's like, yeah. dude, you're wrong already because you're angry. Look inside yeah. yourself. Just, is there even a little bit of anger inside of you? Okay, you've sinned against her. So yeah. you can and apologize for that. I think in a lot
1: that. of situations that, like, that the anger is what's hurtful yeah. rather than the ar- argument that yeah. you're trying to make. And it, like, I totally think that it's a huge, huge responsibility on the guy because you can't have, like, this, like, you know, a normal habitual thing with your wife where you are like, okay, well, let's just agree to disagree. That's not a phrase that should exist. Like, as hard as, as it is and as stubborn as your wife may be, which a lot of us wives are. It's still on you to convince her of your conviction, and if you're unable to convince, yeah, and it might not be in her, that moment.
0: It might be later. It might over take time.
1: Gentle explanation and knowing, you know, doing your research, knowing exactly why you want to lead your family in a direction that you want to lead your family. And I think it, you have to convince your wife, and if yeah, and again, wives can be stubborn, and wives need to be respectful to their husbands. They need to follow his leadership, despite how they may feel. Like that's. It's never okay for a wife to just stand on her own ground and say no, refusing to follow him. That's not right. That's you know, that's a separate conversation. But I think that why like I just see this attitude of like she's so stubborn, this is not an issue I'm gonna like I'm not gonna die on this hill. And so they have like vastly different opinions about big issues and because the husband doesn't take he's just given up trying to convince her and lead her. Well and here's the thing, in that
0: situation, either you Either you're trying to convince her ineffectively, so your method of convincing her is not effective, or your conviction, the thing you're trying to convince her, your your idea, mm-hmm. your, your, your perspective is faulty, and she keeps blowing holes in your argument with her honest feedback, mm-hmm. and then you're failing to convince her. So either way, you have no right to stop. You have to work through stuff together. You can't have vastly different perspectives on things you can have different preferences or like you know like likes and dislikes but when it comes to biblical conviction about how we live our life as a family Mm -hmm. like you husbands have no right to just renounce part of the garden and be like oh that 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 section is just too much for me yeah god's gonna ask you about it because it's it's your it's your garden it's your home to, to tend and to love and so either you're wrong in how you're trying to convince her or you're wrong in what you're trying to convince her. Either way, you've got to improve. you got to grow. you got to uh, persist. And I think the point is not that every husband needs to be like a, a ninja intellectual argument person. I think wives see a humble conviction in husbands when, when you are persistently trying to communicate an idea or a conviction uh, in a humble manner and not letting... Becoming sinful about it, you know what I'm saying? Like that already wins right. her. Right. When you're persistent and humble,
1: right. and
0: saying, "Honey, I still believe." Like under God, we need to be like this, or like I believe Scripture says this. Like, okay, you're you're operating out of a humble biblical conviction. You're saying, "Look, this part of our family life, we need to submit to the to Scripture. It's not right how we are doing things, mm-hmm. right?" So. Even if you're wrong in your perspective, your whole attitude is so commendable because Mm -hmm. you are trying to bring submission of the word of God into the family.
1: Right. And that's not to say that there are times where it's like you do have to like ease off on certain topics, maybe because there's like super emotionally charged issues. Yeah. But play the long game like the way you always say, play the long game like this. is Don't just like say this is not an area we're ever going to address, like, you know, bring it back up and continue and not maybe not in an annoying way where you know your, your wife will get really upset about that stuff but like I know there's been issues that I've been stubborn on and you've played the long game with me like you'll just like season sprinkle like comments and kindly like gesture me into a direction that maybe I was resistant and going but the more you would say things in a timely manner not like all the time um slowly you kind Over of time it- the yeah, you led me. There. You led me a certain degree until it was like, okay, yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. And over time it I just think you're very intentional with your leadership and it and it is easier to follow you because of that um, the time you take to really lead me. Well, and I'm
0: constantly failing and sinning and getting mad and having to repent. So it's not Sure, like,
1: and we're all yeah, always learning, but I think the it's, point
0: is not that are you a perfect man. The point is are you willing to get your Uh, knuckles bloody and and dirt under your fingernails and fail constantly i think the essential characteristic of enduring leadership is not being afraid to fail and to repent and to be struggling inside but bringing it to god repenting and standing back up and and taking on the role that god has given you so like before we finish up though i think i wanted to answer the question that's like well it's all on the guy, like this huge responsibility. Like, where do we get the strength? Where do we get like, man, that's a lot of pressure. That sounds like a lot of like, you know, like we, where do you get that? Like fuel to like, it's like a lot of the guys are already out of wind. And this Mm -hmm. is even more like, Oh, try harder, you know? Yeah. Um, so where do we get that endurance? And I think for me, it's also just been practically growing in this, but, um, You have to delight in the freedom of Christ's saving grace. Like as a man, you have to learn to stand on your two feet, not because you are perfect and strong, but because in your weakness, you discover Jesus has justified you and accepted you and cleansed you and made you strong. The Holy Spirit who dwells within you enables you to obey. He calls you to obedience. He calls you to strong leadership and he equips you. So, if you're humble enough to admit your need, to admit that you are weak, I think that's where it's like a paradox. Biblical manhood and biblical strength leadership comes from weakness. It's not about being macho and, you know, pounding the table and saying, respect me. It's about saying, Lord, I'm weak. You've put me in this task. I need your strength extra today. You know, Paul says, when I am weak, then I am made strong in his grace, you know. In my weakness, his grace is sufficient. So our, our boldness comes as we daily realize our weakness as sinners and the the high calling of what it means to be a man and a leader and a lover and a caretaker.
1: Yeah.
0: And in faith, you do that. You believe that he is real, who promised. He is going to supply. And yeah. you follow and he supplies, you know. And I think part of that also is just learning to not take ourselves so seriously. You know, like you were sharing from the ladies podcast that they're like, you know, just saying, stop being a miserable cow. (laughs) And it's like, that's take that as a joke, not as a hard, hard, hard critique. But like, um, just admit, man, I look at me getting all worked up, like getting all frustrated, like, dude, get over yourself and Mm -hmm. love, love and serve. It's not that big of a deal. Like shrug it off follow christ there's a freedom in that this yeah. is not supposed to and be a burden understand
1: that i think that it that if there's glaring immaturities or massive issues in your wife like that's ultimately going to reflect on you so you need to be proactive about how you shepherd your wife i think oh, that you're called to that as a husband as a christian man you're called to shepherd your wife and and that takes a lot of hard work and patience but Yeah, that's on you kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's like crazy. It's like the more we talk about it, the more we're like, oh, we're just we're just scratching the surface. So but it's still a good start. I think Um, there's some core core things for us to think about this week uh, for us as men to think about for ladies to think about what you expect in a man and what kind of man do you look for if you're single? You know, so there's it's, it's a huge thing that our world needs today is men who are humble enough to be governed, who are who are able to be strengthened by grace. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, It's been great to be sharing more information. We're excited for the fall season to be diving into a more consistent weekly routine. Hopefully we'll be dropping these around Wednesdays. Uh, Wednesday morning should be a new episode for you guys every Wednesday. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Send us your thoughts uh, and questions if you have them. Most of our activities on Instagram well said podcast Um, it's also on Facebook you can check out the website well-said.org that's kind of the online home of the blog and the podcast so check that out there's articles usually I'm posting at least one article a week and if you do have a moment please share this uh, with a friend and give us a review on iTunes that really helps other people find the show thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you again soon